Good evening, everybody. I want to welcome you to our Victory Christian Fellowship and our Wednesday night refreshing service. Get ready as God pours out His refreshing from His presence. Father God, we're so thankful to be here tonight. And Lord, we've come to honor our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Lord, we've come to feast at your table. We've come to drink your new wine and your living water. And Lord, we give you all the glory and all the praise because you are worthy. In Jesus' name. Amen. So let's worship the Lord together. Amen. Let's stand together. We serve an awesome God. Amen. Of your kingdom. 
by your spirit, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Your word is going forth. You did this to us. Oh, we bless your holy name. We thank you, Lord. Praise your holy name, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Our hearts are free, oh God. Oh, we love you, Lord Jesus. Yeah. We're coming into your presence. You're the great and mighty God. Hallelujah. No one else like you, Lord. Oh, mama, mama. Walking with you, Lord. We're blessing you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Father, I thank you that you are here. You're in our midst. You're moving with your might and your power. And Lord, you're speaking to your people. And Lord, we have ears to hear what your spirit says. devil's lies. I'm calling my church to rise up and shine for my glory has come upon you. My glory has risen on you. Let that light shine. Let my glory shine in you and shine through you and glorify me, says the Lord, in all you do. You are strong. You are mighty. For I breathe my breath in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Someone say praise the Lord. Amen, amen. You may have your seats. Hallelujah. God is a good God. Amen. God is doing great things here. How many came hungry tonight? How many came thirsty tonight? Well, you're going to get filled tonight. The Bible says it and I believe it. And that settles it. Hallelujah. I want to let you know that... Um, our youth group continues to meet on Tuesdays at, what, 6.30? Tuesdays, 6.30. And then our men are going to have their first Barnabas group of 2021 mm-hmm. on uh, Saturday, January 30th at 8.30 a.m. So that's, for, that's available for every guy ages 12 and up, and you can come for a breakfast of encouragement. Yeah. 
And uh, if you know a guy, tell him to come and be here at Saturday the 30th at 8.30 a.m. And you know, it's always our privilege, whenever the body gets together, that we can sow and invest in the kingdom of God. Amen? Through our tithes, our offerings, our first fruits. And uh, we can give that to the Lord. And it doesn't matter, uh, you know, sow something. Amen? And God will bring it, God will increase it, and he'll uh, bless it. Father, I thank you for every gift and every giver, Lord, that uh, you send that are here and that are watching online and that are connected uh, to this ministry in any way, shape, or form. And Lord, I give you thanks and praise that what they sow, you make it grow. And Lord, you bless them abundantly in return. And I give you thanks and praise, Father. It is a joy, a privilege, and an honor to give into your kingdom simply because we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Numbers, chapter 13. And, uh, you know, today was the inauguration day and a... President got inaugurated, and and I want to encourage you tonight that you can keep your faith in the midst of trials or in challenging times. And it's based on a person by the name of Caleb. You know, we, I don't know if you've heard about, sometimes people talk about the Joshua generation. Well, you know, I believe that there's a Caleb generation. Because Caleb and Joshua were together. They were in agreement. And uh, they believed God. You will find in Caleb the qualities that are necessary for us to have uh, now in the time that we're living in. To press through and possess what was promised. You know, there's some things that we're going to have to press through. We're going to have to press through some challenges, uh, some obstacles, uh, even some feelings and emotions. We're going to have to press through so that we can possess what was promised. Caleb stood out in the midst of intense pressure. You talk about some troubling times, Caleb was in some troubling times. Where everybody seemed to be against him and Joshua. He was a minority. And he did not let his emotions hinder him or lead him astray. Hallelujah. He stayed focused on God's cause. And I want us tonight to be focused on God's cause. God's got a cause. When David arrived on the battlefield and the army was facing the Philistines, he said, is there not a cause? We have a cause. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. He stayed focused on God's cause, God's word, and God's plan. 
He stayed true to his heart. He refused to be intimidated and did not give up what he believed and he fought for what is right. Are you guys ready to do that tonight? Caleb, we're going to learn that Caleb was a leader. We're going to learn how Caleb quieted the people. You know, you've got to silence evil before it silences you. We're going to learn how to speak up when necessary. And speak God's word. We're going to learn to have a different spirit or different attitude about life and our outlook. We're going to learn that by faith we can avoid destruction. How many want to avoid destruction? Well, by faith you can do that. We're going to learn how he remembered God's word, he rehearsed his victory, and he possessed God's promise. And he celebrated those who fought and won. So how are we going to do this? How are we going to have faith in the midst of trials, faith in challenging times? We're going to get informed. What kind of information do we need? We need information from heaven, information from on high, information that's revelation. Because a revelation will revolutionize your life. We're going to establish our beliefs based on God's Word. Because when the going gets tough, the tough go to the Word. Amen? We have to be quick to believe God's Word. We can't... You know, there are times when you can't take an abundance of time for God to convince you of what He wants to do or how He wants to do it. Because there are moments where God says, do this, and you've got to do it in the moment, and you've got to believe quick. You've got to defend your beliefs against anyone who contradicts them. And you've got to stand up for what's right. There is a right and there is a wrong. You've got to speak out against lies, deception, injustice, and rebellion. This is all things that Caleb did. You've got to maintain your belief system against all opposition. Because the enemy will see if you really believe what you believe. So will God. God will get you to a place where it may feel uncomfortable. It may feel unpleasant, but God wants to know what's in your heart. Amen? You have to learn how to possess what's yours. Do we have some possessors in this house tonight? And we have to be generous in giving to others. Alright? So let's go to Numbers chapter 13. And let's learn from the life of Caleb. I have talked about Caleb before, but tonight I felt especially impressed to bring this message. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Numbers 13, verse 1. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Send men... 
that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, every one a ruler among them. And and Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran, all those men who were heads of the children of Israel, these were their names, of the tribe of Reuben, Shamua, the son of Zakur, of the tribe of Simeon, Shaphat, the son of Hori, and of the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. All right? Caleb was a leader. He was a captain, a chief of his family. That means he could be trusted. He could influence others. He could handle responsibility. He would be accountable. All right? And uh, so he was a leader. A leader accepts and carries out responsibility. A leader leads, leads people God's way. Amen? And we all follow the greatest leader of all, Jesus Christ. We need to lead in righteousness, holiness, integrity, honor, war, and excellence. We need to lead. God didn't just bring you here to take up space. He brought you here to lead. You be led by the Holy Spirit and you lead where God puts you. That could mean serve where God puts you. Every leader started off as a servant. So each of these leaders were given the same assignment. They were called to join the spy team. And they were going to spy out the land of Canaan. Alright? They were equally responsible to report on what was in Canaan. Moses gave them instructions. A spy is someone who collects information and reports on what they find. Alright? They look at the activities, movements, and the plan of of an enemy or a competitor. They watch in secret. They want to get a sight of, they want to know the layout of a place. And isn't that what God wants us to do with His Word? He wants us to search out His Word. To boldly go where no man has gone before. To seek out new life. Right? God sent the spies to search out what God was saying about it. About Canaan. And God wants us to get in the Bible and search out what He's saying about our life. About our Lord. About eternal life. About all the things that we need to know. We, it's all in here, but we've got to search it out. The Bible says in Proverbs eight seventeen, it says, I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently shall find me talking about wisdom. And Jesus is our wisdom when we have the spirit of God is our wisdom. Amen. And let's let's go down to verse 30. All right. We know that these 12 spies, 
They went into the land for 40 days. Right? They were establishing a new generation. A generation just before them were slaves, but now they're going to be property owners. Can you go from being a slave to a property owner? Yes, with the Lord. Doesn't matter what your background is, it matters what He want, what He has for you, what He's destined for you. Doesn't matter if you were a slave, you can become a property owner. Even if you have no down payment. Amen? God provided them land. They became landowners. They went from slavery to landowning. And so, they brought back a bad report. And they were talking about how big the problem is and how small we think we are. If you read that story, they thought that they were grasshoppers in their own sight. They were overwhelmed by the walled cities and the giants. Oh my goodness, the giants. And then Caleb did something in verse 30. He quieted the people. You have to silence evil before it silences you. The people were starting to murmur. They were starting to complain. They were starting to be negative. They were starting to be emotional. They were starting to let their flesh take over. And the enemy was infiltrating their ranks. And this is what Caleb did, verse 30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said... Let us go up at once and possess it. We are well able to overcome it. So number one, Caleb was the leader. Number two, Caleb quieted the people. You know, you're going to encounter some people that you have to quiet. Do you know what, what Jesus said? He said this in Mark one twenty-five When he went to the temple and he encountered a demon. And you know what he said to the demon? Hold your peace. He literally told the demon to shut up. And that demon could not speak anymore. See, there are going to be some people that need to be quieted. There are going to be some mouths that need to be stopped. Go to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus 14. And look at verse 13. Exodus fourteen thirteen, And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your what? You know, when the Lord's fighting for you, you just need to hold your peace. You've got to know when to speak up, but you've got to know when to hold your peace. And, and see, when people start to, when you start to hear murmuring and complaining and grumbling, and it starts to rise, you've got to shut those mouths. Isn't that what Jesus did when he entered Jairus' daughter's room? And all the people were mourning and they were carrying on. What did he do? He put them out. He silenced them. You've got to silence those who are going to come against faith. 
This is what Caleb did. Look at Psalm 63 and verse 11. Psalm 63 and verse 11. The king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory. But the mouth of those who speak lies shall be what? Everybody say, stop the lies. In order to stop the lies, you've got to stop the liar. See, what the people were starting to say against, they were starting to speak against God's word. They were starting to go against God's promises. They were starting to contradict God. And Caleb, he had to silence evil, otherwise it would have silenced him. We cannot be silent when evil speaks. We have to speak up. Did you know that death and life are in the power of the tongue? And those who love it will eat its fruit. You have to determine whether or not you want the fruit of life or the fruit of death coming out of your mouth. And if death wants to come out, you've got to stop it. Amen? Why did Zechariah's mouth get shut? Because he didn't believe God. What would happen if someone speaks in a state of unbelief? They're going to spew garbage and poison out of their mouth. And it's going to bring more harm than good. So in that particular case, Zachariah's mouth had to be shut and he couldn't speak. Go to, go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. So, having faith in the midst of trials, you've got to know when to speak, and you've got to know when to silence others. And if you're going to win a battle, you've got to win the war of words first. What is in Jesus' mouth when he's coming again? It's a double-edged sword. Right? And out of his mouth he, he uses his mouth as his weapon. And guess what? If Jesus uses his mouth as his weapon, then we need to use our mouth as our weapon. Not, not to tear someone down, but to speak God's word and to defend it when it's being attacked. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 through 32. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Are you ministering grace with your words? And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Well, how can I grieve Him? By speaking corrupt communication. What's corrupt communication? Evil against God, against His Word, negative. 
whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away for you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Let's hear what the Amplified says. Let's amplify it up a little bit. Turn on your amplifier. Right? Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth. And certainly don't let it be said in your presence. This is what Caleb did. He came against the evil talk. Even God called their talk evil. So Caleb had a righteous right to do what he did. Alright? But only such speech as is good and beneficial for the spiritual progress of others. As is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor to those who hear it. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not offend or vex or sadden Him. Whoa. That puts it in perspective. Sometimes, you know, the Holy Spirit is not a fan of negativism. He's definitely not a fan of complaining. He's definitely not a fan of putting down others. Amen? For the day of, you've been marked for the day of redemption, a final deliverance through Christ from evil and the consequences of sin. Let all bitterness, indignation, wrath, passion, rage, bad temper, and resentment, anger and animosity, and quarreling, brawling, clamor, contention, and slander, evil speaking, abusive or blasphemous language, be banished from you with all malice. And become useful and helpful and kind to one another. Tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, loving, uh, tender-hearted, forgiving one another readily and freely as God in Christ has forgiven you. All right, let's look at at the passion. How many's got some passion? Well, there's a passion translation. Never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth. But instead, let your words become beautiful gifts. How many want their words to be beautiful gifts? It was words that activated David when he heard what the giant was saying. He heard that Goliath was speaking against his God. And he said, I don't think so. Right? He heard what was being said and that's what moved him into action. You're like, you talk about my God, I'm ready to fight. I'm pulling out all the stops. Let your words be constructive that encourage one others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted His holy influence in your life. Don't limit the Holy Spirit's scope 
Lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity, and insults. But instead, be kind and affectionate toward one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. And do you know what Caleb did? He actually did what we're told to do in the Spirit. He silenced thoughts that contradict God's Word. 2 Corinthians 10.4, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. He actually carried that out in the natural that we're supposed to do in the spiritual. Right? What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to cast down uh, imaginations and arguments and every high thing. We're supposed to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning. This is what the people were doing. The, the, the ten spies, this is what they were doing. And Caleb and Joshua went into action. They were pulling down that stronghold. They were d- demolishing that mindset. They were squashing we can't and they were raising up we can. Right? We, dis- we destroy people's defenses, their arguments. How do we do it? We do it by the word of truth, by the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know that God agreed with Caleb? I'll show you that in just a moment. Alright? We have to destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We have to capture rebellious thoughts... And teach them to obey Christ, the anointed one. This is what Caleb did. He was confronting these, but these were actual words. But this is what we're supposed to do in the spirit, in our minds. And then when your obedience is full, you have to overthrow arrogant reckonings and every stronghold. That towers in high defiance of the knowledge of God. When someone comes against the word, you go into action. Amen? And then let's go back to Numbers chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14. Numbers 14, verse 6. You have to speak up when necessary and speak God's word. 14, verse 6. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. They tore them. They were... They were um, expressing their grief at what was being done, at the evil report. They had nothing to do with it. They were against it. They contradicted it. They stood in opposition of it. Amen? This is what we have to do to have faith in challenging times. They spoke, verse 7, they spoke unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we passed through to search it is an excellent good land. Notice this, three times they, they talk about the Lord. Verse 8, if the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land flowing with milk and honey. Only rebel not against the Lord. 
Neither fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from us, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Three times they magnify the Lord. They're using the word of God to come against the evil. That evil is about to destroy some things. And they're resisting it. How do we know? We have to resist Satan who, who acts in the roaring line. We have to resist him steadfast in the faith. What does it mean? We have to stand against him. We have to oppose him. When we notice when he's trying to operate, we have to stand against him. Amen? You're the front line of defense. We're not just going to let him have his way. Oh yeah, okay, just do what you want. No! And that means you've got to take control of your own mind and your own thoughts. Brother Hagen used to say, you can't prevent a bird from flying over your head, but you certainly can stop that bird when he wants to make a nest in your hair. That bird making a nest in your hair is like a thought. You know, thoughts are going to come, but what do you do with those thoughts? How, do you just let those thoughts reside there? Because if you let the thought reside there long enough, you're going to end up doing it. That's why you have to take authority of this stuff. Alright? If the Lord, don't rebel against the Lord. Alright? They're like bread for us. Who's afraid of a loaf of bread? How many has gone to the table and said, oh, I don't know, that bread looks too intimidating to me. I just can't deal with, that bread is just, no, no, no. I mean, come on, I'll put some butter on it and chomp it down. Right? This is how they viewed... Everybody's talking about how big the enemy is, and they're talking that the enemy's like bread. I've never found bread to be intimidated. Alright? Now, look at verse 10. But all the congregation said, stone them with stones. You talk about pressure. You talk about a challenge. You're defending the Lord and people want to stone you. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before the children of Israel. When you speak up and stand up and stand with the Lord, he'll stand with you and defend you. That's exactly what happened. They spoke up and stood with him, and he stood with them and defended them with his glory. Right? See, we, you have to understand how faith works. Faith works by saying words, the word of God. If you want the power of God, you've got to say what God said with your mouth. How do we get born again? Confess. Believe in your heart. Confess with you. I would say confess. You have to use your mouth to release faith. Your mouth is the trigger. Your heart is the chamber. And your tongue. I mean, the word of God is the ammo. Your mouth is the trigger. And your heart is the chamber. One time, I preached at a youth event in Georgia. And I was talking about this illustration and my friend had a nickel-plated 357 Magnum with a six-inch barrel. And I brought it with me that night. And when I was talking about 
how our heart is the chamber and our mouth is the trigger and the Word of God is in. When I pull that gun out and hold you, oh, I got their attention. Of course, it was unloaded, but you get the point. Pastor brought a gun to church. I'm a loaded, say I'm a loaded weapon. Listen, when you got the Word of God, you're a loaded weapon. Against darkness, against deception, against lies, against the devil, against the enemy. Caleb was a loaded weapon. And then go down to verse 24. Moses prayed for the people, right? And he said, I'm going to pardon them, but they're going to die. All right, I'm not going to, I don't have time to get into that. I'm talking about Caleb right now. Go down to verse 24. You've got to have a different spirit about you if you're going to have faith in challenging times. You can't be like, stop, stop magnifying the challenge. And start magnifying your God. See, the problem with the Israel army is they were too intimidated by Goliath's height. David could care less because he knew his God was bigger. Amen? All right, look at verse 24. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and has followed me fully, him will I bring unto the land, into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. Did you know the faith that you stand for will affect your next generation? He's going to get to go in, and his seed is going to possess it. Listen, if you want your seed to possess some things, you've got to stand in faith now. All right? Are you prepared to listen, obey, and carry out all the instructions of the Holy Spirit? Even if you have to stand alone? Joshua, Caleb didn't stand alone. It was him and Joshua and Moses. That was it. The ten spies that, they, that went with them were against them. They got the people against them. Everybody was against them. You talk about pressure, peer pressure. We need some Caleb's in the government today that will stand up to the peer pressure of the enemy. No matter where he leads you, are you willing to stand? Are you willing to go? Are you prepared to... I already said that. Are you prepared to stand alone? Right? You've got to have a different attitude. What kind of attitude? A winning attitude. You've got to know you win. No matter what comes against you, you win. No matter what plots against you, you win. You've got to have a trusting attitude. You've got to trust God with all your heart. You've got to, sometimes you've got to be willing to abandon yourself and take hold of God. You've got to picture you jumping out of an airplane and God is your parachute. What else are you going to trust if you're jumping out of the airplane? Nothing else. There's nothing else that can hold you up but that parachute. God is your parachute. doesn't matter what plane you jump out of, he'll hold you up. What's that? Well, you've got to have a parachute. 
You've got to have an overcoming attitude. Did you know that you're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony? The word of whose testimony? Your testimony. Well, I don't have a testimony. Have you been delivered from death? You've got a testimony. Well, I never drank, I never smoked, but I've been del- delivered from death. You've got a testimony. <laughs> You've got to have a conquering attitude. You're more than a conqueror. You've got to have a possessing attitude. You're a possessor. I'm possessed by the Spirit of God. You've got to have a different kind of temperament. A different spirit means you have, you're in line with the Spirit of God. You're in line with spiritual fruits. You're in line with spiritual gifts. You're in line with spiritual power. You've got to have a different temperament. You've got to be faithful and courageous. You've got to resist cowardice and unbelief and disobedience. Are you resisting disobedience to God? When when Satan is telling you, oh, you don't want to read your Bible, you're like, you know, you're right. No, you've got to resist that. How will Satan tell you that? He'll, he'll make your flesh, your flesh will say that. Did you, did you know that even though Satan's a spirit, he operates in the realm of the flesh? He needs flesh to operate on this earth. Why do you think when they left the man from Gadara, why do you think they wanted to be in the pigs? Because they needed some flesh. Pigs didn't even want them. Come on, be smarter than a pig. And you've got to follow God fully, constantly, even through difficulties and dangers. Did Paul have a wonderful time just preaching the gospel everywhere? (laughs) No, shipwrecks, beatings, whippings, imprisonments, false brethren. There were lots of opportunities for him to quit, but he refused to quit. That's how you got to be, amen? You got to be bold, heroic. You got to be above worldly anxieties. Be anxious for what? Nothing. That's Philippians 4. That's Bible, New Testament. You've got to follow God because He's given you a purpose. Follow Him wholeheartedly. Follow your purpose. I don't know my purpose. Well, step number one, find it. You remember the story of Peter Pan? One of the guys, they lost their marbles. And they were looking for their marbles. Where's my marbles? And at the end, they found his marbles. Your purpose is your... Listen, if you don't know your purpose, you can find it. Do you know that every one of us has God on speed dial? And he'll never put you on hold. All you got to do is ask God, what's my purpose? He'll tell you. Then you just got to do it with all your heart. Follow God fully means you, you follow him with a wholehearted, uh, uh, you put everything that you are into that. Amen? Hallelujah. Caleb 
had a different spirit and he fully followed God. It didn't matter where God wanted him to go or what God wanted him to do. He willingly spied out the land for 40 days. He willingly brought back a good report. He willingly stood up against evil. God was leading him the whole way. How many are all in? Hallelujah. And because he followed God fully, he did not get destroyed. In 1 John 2, 7, the Bible says this. The world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. How many want to abide forever? Then, then do the will of God. The will of God is not for you to give in to evil. The will of God is, for not, is not for us to live this life in the flesh. We're supposed to live by the faith of the Son of God. Paul considered himself crucified with Christ. And he said, I no, long, no longer live. What does it mean, I no longer live? It means he got off the throne and let, and, and let Jesus take his seat. And he submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Alright? So by his faith, he avoided destruction. Look at verse 26. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? That tells me that God takes complaining a personal. If you're complaining about a leader or a place, God thinks you're complaining about him. This is what God is saying. That just nipped some complaining in the butt right there. Right? Alright? I've heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me, say unto them, As truly as I live, says the Lord, as you have spoken, Spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Don't tell me that words aren't important. They're about to get what they said. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness. Because how many times did they say, God just brought us out here to kill us. God just brought us out here to kill us. God just brought us out here to kill us. Guess what? Yeah, you're going to die because of your words. These people did. And all that were numbered... Of you, according to your whole number from 20 years old and upward, a whole generation had to pass, which murmured against me. Doubtless you shall come unto the land concerning which I swore to make you dwell therein. Save Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. So he was spared from destruction. Why? He had faith. So did Joshua. He had faith. So did Moses. He had faith. Aaron, I guess he just went with Moses. Because you don't hear Aaron saying anything. Right? But they were speaking against Moses and Aaron, weren't they? So he avoided destruction. He remained alive. Right? Your faith will keep you alive. Your faith will get you to the goal. Your faith will get you your reward. Stay in faith. Say this with me. Say, I'm going to stay in faith. Stay in faith. Stay in faith. Oh, 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 oh. Stay in faith. 
Based on the theme of staying alive. <laughs> the Holy Ghost just needed to get you joyful a little bit. <laughs> I did not see myself doing that. It just came out. And then finally, Caleb remembered God's word. He rehearsed his victory and he possessed God's promise. Go to Joshua chapter 14. Joshua chapter 14. And we're going to close on this. Joshua chapter 14 verse 6. Then the children of Judah, by the way, Caleb was the head of, uh, he was a, a leader of Judah. That's where his tribe was. Came unto Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said unto him, You know the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me in Kadesh Barnea. He's remembering the word. He's remembering what was promised to him. All right? He just kept this word in his heart. He kept it before him. Okay? Forty years old was I. This is now 45 years later. I mean, he, he, he remembered this 45 years. How many are willing to keep God's word alive for 45 years? By the way, 40 is a generation. Okay? He had to keep this alive going to all the funerals that he attended. When Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that I went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord. Now he's rehearsing his victory. He remembered the word, and he's rehearsing his victory. Okay? And Moses swore that day, saying, Surely the land whereon your feet have trodden shall be your inheritance, and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord. Will God reward those who wholly follow him? Yes, he will. You can, you can please God by your faith. Okay? And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. As he said, he's, he's now uh, rely, he, he is accrediting the Lord for his success. He is not taking the success himself. He is accrediting it to the Lord. Accredit, uh, you know the word. The Lord has kept me alive, he said, these 40 and 5 years. Even since the Lord spoke this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. That's 45 or 85 years old. Everybody say 85. 85. You know, we're conditioned to retire at 65. Not Caleb. I mean, Moses didn't get started until he was 80. Right? What's our retirement plan as believers out of this world? Okay? What do you do? You go strong until you get there. Right? Okay? The Lord has promised me uh, 
ever since the Lord spoke this word unto Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, uh, verse 11, as yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me, as my strength was then, even so now is my strength for war. Are you strong for war? Did you know that God teaches your hands to war? We, we wage a warfare, a spiritual warfare, don't we? Even so is my strength now, both to go out and to come in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. Okay? He remembered God's word. He rehearsed his victory. And he possessed... Who was on this mountain? The last three of the Anakim, the giants. What did Caleb do? He removed them. Eighty-five years old, he went up that mountain. He said, boys, this is my mountain. I'm taking over. You're done. Go. And if you need help, I will throw you off. That's exactly what happened. He kept that word alive in his heart. He never let go of it. He never let go of the promise. He, he knew that I'm getting my mountain. I'm getting my inheritance. I don't care how long it takes. I'm staying in faith. I'm staying strong. I'm trusting Jesus. I'm, I'm staying. Amen? I'm staying the course. Everybody say, I'm staying the course. Listen, you're going to be tempted to go to the right or to the left. Jesus said, don't look to the right or the left. Keep your eyes on me. So, Caleb got Hebron. Right? And uh, he was blessed. And then, uh, just, just one more thought for fun. In Judges chapter 1, verses 12 to 15... Caleb celebrated those who fought and won. He said this, Whoever attacks Kirjath's Stepher and takes it, to him I'll give my daughter. He's like, if you want my daughter, I want to see you fight. And I want to see you win. If you, if you attack it and win, I'll give you my daughter. And Othniel, he was a judge. His younger brother. Like, he goes, and then Othniel, verse 13, Caleb's younger brother took it. So he gave him his daughter as wife. And then his daughter asked for more land. Yeah, you gave me the mountains, but I want the springs too. And he said, okay, it's yours. She, she learned something from her dad. Amen. She got off her donkey and Caleb said, what do you want? Right? How many of you know, sometimes we got to get off our donkey. Right? Get off your new, you know what? <laughs> oh no, I, it's just, I like it here. It's so nice. I set it up the way I want. Yeah, but there's more. Get off your, you know what? So God wants you to be a leader. He wants you to silence evil before it silences you. He wants you to speak up when necessary. He wants you to have a different spirit. Besides, you're a new creature. Old things are passed away. Right? Out with the old, in with the new. He wants you to use your faith to avoid destruction. He wants you to remember his word, rehearse your victories, and possess your promises. 
And He wants you to celebrate your battles that you fight and win. And for that, we will have faith in trying times. Amen? And we need faith for trying times because the enemy's lies are rampant today. Lies upon lies upon lies. And the the enemy wants to condition you that his lies are truth and our truth are lies. And a lot of people will succumb to his lies. They'll give up because they see something that... They accept what they see. But you know what? We don't walk by the natural. We walk by something beyond the natural. The Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. There's some people... I mean... I want, you to, I want you to be encouraged. Caleb was encouraged. He never lost hope. He never quit fighting. And you talk about peer pressure. I mean, three against two million? That's... But they stood strong. And him and Joshua took a whole brand new generation. They had to root out all the evil so that they could bring in the good. And I want you to meditate on this message. God wants you to just, he wants you to be just like Caleb was. He celebrated what Caleb did. Didn't he? He defended him. He protected him. He blessed him. He gave him his inheritance. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. His seed inherited the land. He got to go in. Amen. Listen, someone in your family line needs to go in. Someone has to go in so that others can follow. Will you be the one to go in? Go in and get all that God has for you. Go in and do what God wants you to do. Go in. Go in fearlessly. Go in courageously. Stand with God. I do not want to see the enemy intimidate anyone. Knowing the truth sets you free. Knowing a lie brings you into bondage. I want people to know the truth. And I'm going to preach it, and I'm going to teach it, and I'm going to live it. Amen? Stand to your feet. Oh, Father, we give you thanks and praise for opening up the the floodgates of refreshing tonight in the name of Jesus. You know, knowing your word is refreshing. Hearing your word, it's building faith, and faith is refreshing in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray right now that you demolish the strongholds. The enemy is trying to set up a stronghold in your life where he can steal, kill, and destroy. He only needs a place. And God's word says, give him no place. Give him no place in your mind. 
Give him no place in your body. Don't give him any place in your mouth. Give him no place in your heart. Don't let the enemy be comfortable in your presence. Fight him. Stand against him. Oppose him. And cast him out. In the name of Jesus. And if you're struggling against things that want to take you into darkness, there is light. I want you to raise up your hands to God right now. And I want you to mean this in your heart. Say, Father, I surrender to you. I will be holy. I will love you. I will stand on your word. I will do what it says. It is my life source. I forsake the way of the world. I turn my back on the darkness. And I'm going to walk in the light. I'm going to fellowship with Jesus. I'm going to drink your milk. And I'm going to eat your meat. And I'm going to grow in the knowledge of God. I love God more than anything. You have first place, God. I seek you first above everything else. Your way is my way. And my way is your way. I'm one with you. You give me victory. You give me strength. You give me hope. I walk on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt me. I'm getting what you promised me. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop believing. But I'm pressing in to the prize of your high calling. Hallelujah! Shout about that! Shout about that! We are God's voice in this earth. He's put us here at this time. Because he knows you can handle it. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been here. And what's going on in our nation, we have the power to change it through our prayers. Through our faith. Amen? We are not unarmed. We are not ill-equipped. But we have the nation maker who contains nations living in us, communicating to us, walking in our midst. We've got the power of God. Hallelujah! 
Hallelujah. Let's use it. Let's live it. Let's be bold about it. Amen. Wherever you go, my goodness, God told Joshua, everywhere that you tread, no man will be able to stand against you. Remember what Rahab said? They were terrified in, in Jericho about Israel. They, they heard about how he parted the Red Sea, how they walked through the Jordan. They were terrified. They were scared. There's not a city that can stand against us. There's not a state that can stand against us. There's not a government that can keep us from doing what God wants us to do. How many people did Jesus have to change the world? Eighty-two. Twelve. Then seventy. Is eighty-two plus Jesus. That's eighty-three. Day of Pentecost, hundred and twenty. You know, they would things would happen. Do you realize when Ananias and Sapphira dropped dead in church that the fear came upon the whole city? Because of what was happening in the church? I'll tell you what, we need to bring some fear of God into Palmyra, into Lebanon County, into Dolphin County, into Pennsylvania. How are we going to do it? By being the firebrands that God called us to be. Amen? God did not ignite your lamp to put under the covers or to put under a bushel. He ignited you to shine, to be bright, to be bold, to step out so people can see the God inside of you. The world needs to see the God inside of you. They need to hear the God inside of you. They need to feel the touch of the God inside of you. Hallelujah. The devil's already been defeated. So, let's be sensitive to God's voice. Some of you, the devil fights Don't you realize that God put you where he put you Because he needs you for this time Stop complaining and moaning and griping about it And just be Christ where you are Just be the anointed vessel that God made you to be where you are. And let God work it all out. You just be faithful. You just serve. You just love. You just minister. You just keep doing what you need to do. And God will take care of the rest. You think, you think Caleb wanted to be in the midst of a bunch of whiners for 40 years? No, he was qualified to go in, but he had to hang out with these other people. He had to wait until they died before he could go in when he believed it from the beginning. He didn't complain about it. He didn't murmur about it. He just did what he needed to do. Amen? So, stop looking at things through the natural lens. And start looking at things through the eyes of Jesus Christ. Because things of this earth are temporary. 
But things of the Spirit are eternal. You've got better things to do than complain, murmur, and grumble. You've got better things to do. Amen? So let's be about the Father's business. All right, I'm off my soapbox now. Oh, Father, you're so good. You're so good. You know what we need, Lord. And you give us your glory. You give us your honor. You give us your love. You give us your faithfulness. You give us your understanding and your wisdom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Come on, praise Him for a moment. Praise Him. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Have a great and wonderful night. Have a good rest of the week. God bless you.